So Crossroads, I want you to hear me this morning. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He is not changing. He is not a changing God. His voice is consistent, and his voice is persistent. And you, I don't know what you may be walking through, but regardless of what you may be walking through, I believe that God has a word that God wants to speak to you today. So I'm glad you're here. I'm excited that you're here, and I hope you came ready, and I hope you came expecting. I'm kind of getting a little Pentecostal here. You know what I'm saying? I hope you came expecting. And again, this is a very special day. Uh, It's a very special day because today is the day that we begin as a church, 21 days of fasting and prayer. And let me just encourage you, if that scares you or alarms you, I've been posting stuff on social media. You can read that. Every morning, 6 a.m., for the next 21 days, there's going to be a devotional. And again, you know, pace yourself. Uh, There's there's information about the Daniel fast. You know, you can fast from social media. You can fast from uh, being on the telephone, from, you know, caffeine. You can uh, fast from other things. I'll tell you one thing I'm not fasting from. That's donuts, okay? So I'm not fasting from donuts, if that's the case, I've already failed this morning. So anyway, but you, you choose. You can do it the whole 21 days. If that's too hard for you, try seven days. Try three days. Try three days of multiple times. But again, we just want you to press in, and we just want you to listen, and we want you to hear the voice of God. You know, it reminds me that one of the things that I have learned in my life is that there are places that are more conducive to have conversations than other places. I mean, there are some places that I can just have a conversation with somebody, and it's just so good. Julio and I went to eat lunch yesterday, uh, and again, uh, in case you saw me, I went to the Cedar City Brewery, okay? I actually went there. I'm not scared of going there, but again, it was kind of busy. I mean, it's really, really good. Uh, The food is excellent, Uh, The water and the Cokes are really good, too, okay? So anyway, uh, I I would strongly encourage you to give them. But again, it was so noisy. we, We had a conversation, but it just wasn't conducive to a great conversation. And I think the same comes true, uh, holds true, when it comes to our conversations with God. There are places that are just more conducive to be able to hear the voice and have a conversation with God where you can hear God's voice more clearly than you can at other places and other situations. And one of, the, one, of the, one of the places that we see over and over in Scripture consistently is people seem to be in this one place. People be, seem to be able to consistently hear the voice of God. But what's interesting is this. This place where they seem to be able to hear the voice of God is not really the place that they wanted to be. The Bible calls it a wilderness. The Bible calls it a wilderness place. The, the, the Bible calls it a desert place. And in week one of this series, Genesis, we looked at, at the book of Genesis, and in the book of Genesis, God calls Abraham out of everything that he was comfortable in. And he calls him to the desert place, to that wilderness place, because God wanted to speak to him about his calling and his purpose and his destiny. And then we move to the Psalms, which, again, if you look at the Psalms, God spoke words of comfort over David when he was alone in an isolated place. And in Daniel, when Daniel was in the wilderness and the wildness of the Babylonian culture, God spoke words of life to him, words that were probably 
giving people life who would, if God had not spoken, those people would have been sentenced to death had God not spoken. And if you were with me in week one of this series, we learned that there's a meaning to the word desert. Because in the Hebrew, the, re, the, the kind of the root word of the, the word desert is the word midbah. It, it's the same Hebrew word, root word as the word speak. So you have desert and you have speak, and the same root word in the Hebrew language, it tells us. I mean, it just speaks to us because it lets us know that there's a connection between that desert place and God speaking. There's a, there's, a, there's a connection between that wilderness place and hearing the voice of God. Because when you think about it, it highlights something that I think is really, really important. So much so that I don't just want to say it, I want you to be able to see it. And my thought was this, what if, what if the place that you're trying to get out of this morning is the very place that God has prepared for you? That desert place, that wilderness place. What, what if the place that we are trying to get out of is actually the place that he's prepared for us? Because you see, here's, here's the next thing. There are times when God speaks to us the most in that place that we want to be at the least. There are those times when God speaks the most when we are in a wilderness or desert, or isolated place that we don't want to be in. But that's where God speaks the most. So whether you believe this or not, I believe this is good news for some of us. Because today you might have come to this service and you find yourself in a wilderness. Maybe you find yourself in a wilderness of pain. Maybe it's a, it's a relationship going bad, a marriage going bad. Maybe it's a divorce or rejection in a relationship. Maybe it's a doctor's report that you have received, and now you just you have no idea what you're supposed to do. Maybe, maybe your wilderness is just the fact that you look at your life, and you're stepping into Monday tomorrow, and your life, you know it, is going to be out of control. Or maybe right now, your wilderness is that you're living the consequences of the decisions that you've made in your past. Or maybe your wilderness place is just a place where you don't know what to do. And in front of you, there are just some, some decisions that you're going to have to make, big decisions. And see, I believe that most of us in this room, watching, listening online, we can say, you know what, we've been there. Some of you would say right now that you are there. You are in that desert place. You are in that wilderness place. And some of you would say, you know what, I've never experienced that. Can I just say, if you would say that you have never experienced that desert place, that wilderness place in your life, that there will come a time when you will have to walk through some wildernesses in your life. And even though I know God speaks, even though he does speak, there are times that I wonder, is he speaking? Because I can't hear him. And if this wilderness place is, is really a special place where we're going to have this conversation with God about our calling and our destiny and our purpose, 
then why is it so important for me to hear him there? So if God is always talking, then I, the question is, what is keeping me from hearing his voice? And see, I kind of thought about that. I thought, you know, what, what, what is the thing that's keeping us from hearing the voice of God? Why can't we hear God's voice? And you know what? I really, I really kind of boiled it down to three different things. Why can't I hear God's voice? Here's the very first one. Look at the very first one. The very first one is this. You can't hear God's word, uh, God's voice, because of disruptions. That's one of the reasons why you can't hear the voice of God, is because there are so many different things in your life and in my life that are competing for the attention of God's voice. I mean, think about it this morning. Your phone, the negative news that you see on social media or that you see on the television. Disruptions are, again, just the, just the pressure of life. That's the very reason why this time of prayer and fasting is so important because a time of prayer and fasting, it just enables you to disengage from the normalcy of life so that you can hear the voice of God. Let me give you another reason why you can't hear God's voice. It's distance. I mean, think about it. That, 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 that's not complicated. The further you get away from a sound, the harder it's going to be for you to hear that sound. It just gets harder and harder the further you get away from it. And, and this morning I would tell you it's the same with the voice of God. You heard me say last week, consistency leads to expectancy. But can I also tell you something else? Consistency also leads to clarity. The more time you spend with God the clearer you're going to be able to hear him. There's also that distance because of something that happens that kind of disconnects us from a relationship. One of the reasons why you can't hear God's voice is because there's a distance in between you and God and the relationship that you had with God. And see, the primary cause of that is sin because sin distances us from the voice of God. Here's, here's the third thing. The third thing is disappointment. Disappointment is that thing that, that, that happens to us when we find ourselves in a place that we don't want to be in. We're disappointed in someone because that person hasn't been listening to us. We asked for a sign from God, and God didn't give us a sign. We prayed a prayer, and we didn't get an answer to the prayer, but, but God didn't speak to us. And again, we, we saw other people pray and ask for a sign, and they got a sign, and they got an answer to their prayer, but we did that, and he didn't do that for us, but he did it for other people. See, here's the thing I will tell you. The thing that you need to understand is that I don't want you to miss whatever it is that God is saying to you. Because nothing will impact your future in a greater way than hearing the voice of God and what God wants to say to you about your life. Now, this morning, as we're about to jump into the Scripture, if there's one person in all of Scripture who I would say is an expert wilderness guy, it's the guy we're going to look at today. Because, again... He's one of those guys that you don't have to know anything about the Bible and you know his story because we all know his name. I mean, the guy's Moses. 
Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. He, he is the leader of the nation of Israel. And in just a minute, we're going to look at a passage from Exodus chapter 3. But before we do, let me give you a little context. Because again, understanding the scripture, you have context is everything. So you really have to have the context if you're going to understand the story that we're looking at this morning. You see, even though Moses was Jewish, even though he was a Jew, he grew up in the palace of Pharaoh because Moses was found in the basket in the river and adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. But Moses is growing up in the palace, and as he's growing up in the palace, he starts to notice the Egyptians were abusing and enslaving his Jewish brothers and sisters. And as he watches this happen to his own people, it just totally seemed unfair to him. And then there's this day, which again, if you've seen the Prince of Egypt, you know, I mean, you, you know this. There's this day that Moses sees this Egyptian unfairly abusing one of the Jewish people. And Moses can't handle it anymore. And finally, he takes matters into his own hands and he murders the Egyptian. Now, you would think that the Jewish people would be happy that, that Moses had murdered somebody who was abusing them. But they're not happy because, again, they were afraid of Moses. So Moses flees Egypt because his adoptive family doesn't want him. And again, his normal people, his, his blood people, his regular people are rejecting him. So he goes into the wilderness Moses is living in the wilderness as the consequence of his own mistakes. Forty years go by, and during that time, Moses becomes a shepherd. And then one day, on a mountain, out of nowhere, this is what happens. Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. That's going to be important. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. He came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, look, look at his words. I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not being burned. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then God said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet. For the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Very familiar story, the burning bush story. One of the most recognizable stories in all of the scripture. But the thing that I love about this story is something that, that you probably read right over and you didn't even notice it, but it's the voice of God. What does voice God say? God's voice says, Moses, Moses. His voice was consistent, and not only was his voice consistent, his voice was persistent. Because God found Moses, even when Moses wasn't looking for God. 
Moses probably didn't even know where to find God, but God found Moses. And that's the thing I want you to hear me say. God wants to do the same thing for you in the wilderness, in that desert place where you find yourself. God is looking for you because God wants to make himself known to you. So God starts having this conversation with Moses. And in this conversation, God lets Moses know, Moses, you haven't missed it. Moses, yeah, you made some mistakes. And yes, you might be 80 years old now. But Moses, I want you to know, your best days are in front of you. Because Moses, you've not missed my plan and you've not missed my calling. And maybe that's what somebody needs to hear this morning. You may have made some mistakes. And you think your mistakes have made you. But you haven't missed it. God has more for you in the days ahead. So God begins to talk to Moses and tell Moses that he's heard the cry of his people. He's heard the cry of the Israelites. God tells Moses, I'm ready to take action, Moses. I'm ready to deliver my people from the hand of the Egyptians. And it's like God is saying, Moses, I know there's a problem, but I'm calling you to be the solution. I know there's a problem, Moses, but I'm calling you to be the solution. So in the next several verses, it's like there's this back and forth conversation between Moses and God. It's like a father and a son. And Moses is telling God all the reasons why he's the inadequate guy for the job. But God doesn't let him off the hook. I mean, if you read all of it, it's like God says, well, Moses, you might not have the natural abilities, but you need to understand, I'm a supernatural God. You might, have, you might not have the, supernatural, the, the natural abilities, but I'm a supernatural God. And when you say yes to the thing that I'm calling you to, then Moses, I'm going to be with you every step of the way. And Moses says yes to God. Now, let me just tee it up right there. Because, because some of you are saying, well, of course, Randy, of course he said yes to God. He said yes because he had a burning bush. And if I had a burning bush, Randy, in my life, in my desert, in my wilderness, I'd say yes to God too. And you know what? I get that. We all love it when God shows up and there's this big breakthrough that happens right in front of our eyes. You know, the check comes in the mail. The deposit is in the bank account. I mean, we love that. We love the signs and wonders. And I'm just going to say this, and some of you I may have been, a lot of people live their Christian life just looking for the signs and the wonders. But there's so much more than chasing the signs and the wonders. There's so many things that are bigger than that. There's a saying that says, the devil is in the details. Anybody ever heard that? Well, let me just say this. Let me just flip that script and tell you that God is in the details. 
God is in the details of this story. And if you miss the details, then you miss the point of the story. Because you see, it would be in verse 2 that we just read a moment ago where it says the, bo- the bush was burning, but it was not being consumed. That's important. The bush was burning, but it was not being consumed. And, and while we think, wow, that's just unbelievable, and while you think that might be a once-in-a-lifetime event, it probably was something that Moses had seen before. He'd probably seen a bush on fire. I mean, think about it. He's out in the desert where the temperature is incredibly hot. And it, it wouldn't be beyond the possibility that a, a bush that's dry and it's hot and the heat and the sun, I mean, it just is not beyond the possibility that he's already seen a bush burst into flames. You know, what do they call that? Combustion? You know, just natural combustion. Spontaneous combustion. But look at what it says in verse 3. I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned. Jay, leave that up there just a minute. Here's what that's saying. Moses is just going about Moses' job. Moses just shows up to work one day, tending the sheep. He's walking along. He sees something that he's probably seen before. Oh, a bush over there burning. He's probably seen a bush burning before. But the verse says, look at what it says, I will turn aside. I will turn aside to see this great sight. Which means you change your path. You change your direction. You get your body engaged in a situation or something that's happening. So he turned aside. Because he knew that the bush was burning, but the bush was not being consumed. And and listen, 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 listen. When he turned aside, that's when God knew he had Moses' attention. Because that's when God began to speak. And when God started speaking, Moses started listening. Now listen. And in that moment, that common ground became holy ground. And this is what I want you to hear. God wants to speak to you every day in your ordinary life. But there are times when you have to be like Moses and you have to stop. And you have to turn aside.
We have to take notice because God wants to speak to us consistently and continually. That's his desire, to speak to you. But listen, you, you're, you're going to have to go along, and you're going to have to hear that voice, and you're going to have to turn aside, and you're going to have to engage, and you're going to have to pay attention. See, I can remember a burning bush moment in my own life. I was probably 17, went on a youth trip with Emmanuel Baptist. I give them a lot of grief, a lot of shade. I, I mean, fantastic church, great people working there, still doing amazing things. But that's where I was raised. That's where I engaged, and that's where I was called into ministry, even though I didn't do it for like 20-something years later. That's a whole other wilderness story, you know what I'm saying? So, so anyway, but, but we had gone to Gatlinburg to a place, I think it's called Wayfloy. If you're going out of Gatlinburg, kind of like you're going to North Carolina, uh, there's this retreat center, and we had gone for a youth retreat, and uh, the last night of the youth retreat, you know, we had gone up on this hill where they had built a bonfire, and, we're, and it was, it's so long ago, we were probably singing Kumbaya, you know? I mean, we probably really were. So I, I'm up there and with a bunch of friends and a bunch of people, and I'm telling you, I have never experienced the presence of God like I did in that moment because I knew that God was speaking and depositing and doing something in my life that ultimately wouldn't come into fruition. Like I'm like Moses, you know, till years later. But that's a burning bush moment. And see, those things can happen. Those burning bush moments, they can be moments that happen when you're right here singing the words of those songs. Again, last week when we were singing, Is He Worthy? When it said, Is anyone worthy to open the scroll? I just lost it. That's a burning bush moment. It's the scripture that you've read a hundred times before. But this time, it jumps off the page at you. I'm working all things together for good. You're chosen. You're not forsaken. You're appointed. You're anointed. Maybe this morning you're here and you're a parent and you're, you're, you're struggling every night just to get your kid into bed. And you're trying to get your child every night to say their prayers. And you just start to wonder, even as a parent, is it even worth it to try to get them to pray their prayers before they go to sleep? But then one night, that kid starts praying those prayers on his own. Before you even got in the room. And that's just God's way. That's a burning bush moment. It's God's way of saying that he breathes value into what you do as a parent. He wants to give you the courage to do the thing that he's called you to do as a parent. Burning bush moments, listen to me people, burning bush moments happen every day. But you want to know what Moses did to experience that burning bush moment? He just showed up. He just showed up to his job. He just showed up to his responsibilities. He was just being a good son-in-law of Jethro from Watertown. You know what I'm saying? He was just taking care of the sheep. And listen to what I'm saying to you. Sometimes God is going to show up in your life in incredible ways. 
And I love those moments. But can I just be honest with you? In all of my years, I can count on one hand the time that that's happened in my life. Because most of the time, the difference between common ground and holy ground is my decision to stop and to turn aside. To pay attention to what God wants to say to me every single day. Because, see, in the life of Moses, that burning bush moment became a catalyst. It gave Moses the courage that he needed to step into his calling. And that's what you see in the next part of the story. Moses steps into his calling because of that burning bush moment. He goes to Pharaoh, and it took 10 plagues and 10 times. But finally, Pharaoh releases the Israelites, and, and they head through the Red Sea, and Moses parts the Red Sea, and they're on their way to the Promised Land. But guess what? God takes them again to a wilderness. Why? So that he could speak to them again. God takes them to a place called Mount Sinai. And that's the place where God would give the Israelites the Ten Commandments. And, and again, here's what I want you to hear me say, because you may, never, may have never thought of it this way. The Ten Commandments were just the beginning of hundreds of laws that God would give to Moses. I mean, think about it. Why would God give all those commandments and all those laws to Moses and the Israelites? I mean, he gave them laws about their government, how to defend themselves, how to eat healthy. Why would God do that? I'll tell you why. You have to remember, these people had been held captive for 400 years. They didn't know how to take care of themselves. So God gives them, listen, listen, listen. God gives them all of this instruction, and God's instruction was for their protection. Come on, somebody. That's why God gave them all those laws, all those commandments. The commandments and the laws weren't meant to restrain them. It was meant to re release them into the life that God had for them. So that's what I want you to hear me say. God's instruction is always for your protection. God's instruction is always for your protection. It's not to restrain you. It's to release you into the full life that God has for you. That God came into this world to give to you. Remember that. God's instruction is always for your protection. It's so that you can live a life free of shame and guilt. Free of the chains that were a part of your past. I love this next verse in Deuteronomy. 
I have trouble with that one every time, okay? So, where Moses is talking about the importance of the commandments, the laws. Because he knows that after all of these years of leading these people through the wilderness, Moses knows that he doesn't get to go into the promised land with them. So there's this place in Deuteronomy where, God, uh, where Moses gathers all of the people around him. Because he doesn't want the people to forget how important God's commandments and laws are. So he pulls them in. And Moses starts to speak over them. And this is what he says. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And it goes on. This prayer goes on to, to tell them to teach this to their children. Write it down. Make it a part of your daily life. Put it on your doorposts. Because these commands are important. They're really, really important. And what I love about the Hebrew language is that the word here, it comes from the Hebrew word shema, which means to hear. But see, here's the thing. There's depth to that word shema. Because it also means to obey. It, it's, it's, like, it's like two sides to the same coin. There's no separate word in the Hebrew language for obeying God's word. It's hear and obey. Shema, to hear. There are two sides of the same coin. Listen to the word and obey the word. Hearing is really listening and obeying. Biblical listening, it's the same coin, hear, obey, hear, and obey. It's the very same thing we see in the New Testament. Look at what James wrote in James 1 verse 22. James said this, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself, but do what it says. Listen and obey. Listen and obey. Don't just listen to it. Listen, do it. The word Shema means we have to hear it and obey it. That we need to step into it. Because the thing we have to understand is that God speaks the loudest from this right here. God speaks the loudest from his word. The word is the first language of God. And let me just say this to you this morning. Uh, if, if, if you're in a tough spot right now and you're asking for a word from God, can I just tell you, he wants to speak that word to you from his word. You can't say that God is silent when you have your Bible open. You can't say that God is silent if you have your Bible open. But let me say something else so that you understand it. 
if you only listen to what you want to hear, you're going to miss what God has to say. Jay, put that on the screen behind me. If you only are listening for what you want to hear, then you're totally going to miss what God has to say. Again, let me be very clear. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, but you can distance yourself from the voice of God. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, but you can distance yourself from the voice of God. It's like these noise-canceling headphones. I mean, I have, this is my fourth pair. I have, my favorites are my Apple ear pods. That's what I call them. Is that what they're called? Ear pods, you know, the little white ones that come down like this. I used to chastise people for wearing those things. I thought it was so rude and so terrible, and, and then I finally got me a pair. They're noise-canceling. You put them in. And daddy's going to get his jam on. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, I'm a white boy, but I can still dance. <laughs> and one day on a Thursday, which Thursday is when we clean our church, I was here and I had my uh, ear pods in, both ears. And I had no idea, but somebody was close to me and somebody was just having a conversation with me, but I couldn't hear a word that they said. <laughs> Tell them you'll get back to them in just a minute, Okay. And that's the way sin is. See, when you're involved in a sinful lifestyle, it's like you're, like you're walking around with a, 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 a pair of, or what do you call these, a pair of set? You're, you're, you're walking around with noise-canceling headphones on. God's talking, but you can't hear Him. God's talking to me about, oh, that's just miserable. I really didn't want to mess up my hair, okay? So anyway, but, but, God, but God's talking to me about unforgiveness, and you know what? I've got these things on, and I can't hear what he has to say. He's talking to me about unforgiveness, but it's just too painful. So you know what? I leave those noise-canceling headphones on, even though he wants to speak a new word over my future. But we're too busy going through life listening to old tapes and CDs. I mean, think about what God's Word says about lying and gossiping and negative talk. He wants to speak a new word to you about your relationships, but you know what? He can't speak to you because of all the toxicity. You can't hear His voice. And we know what God's Word says about sexual sin, don't we? Oh, Randy, don't tell me you're going to talk about that. I mean, that was 3,000 years ago. you telling me 3,000 years later, I need to live my life in purity and do the things that I know I'm supposed to do? I mean, that's antiquated. That's old. But what does God's Word tell you? It tells you that God hates sin. And it's not because God, listen to me, it's not because God is mad at you. It's because God knows what sin will do to your life. Sin will rob you of your joy. Sin will rob you of your relationships. Sin will rob you of the life that Jesus paid a really high price for. 
But maybe most importantly, God hates sin. Because God knows sin silences his voice in my life. And see, here's the great thing. Even though I have the headphones on, God doesn't stop talking. Even though I have those noise-canceling headphones on, God doesn't stop talking. All we have to do is take them off. And to ask God to forgive us and listen to the new word that he wants to speak over our life. A new word of life, a new word of hope, a new word of healing for your body, a new word of healthy relationships. A new word is what he wants to speak over your life. But can I just be honest with you? I don't like standing up here having to talk to you about sin. I'd rather tell you how good-looking you are, the cars, I mean, the jobs. I mean, I'd, I'd rather stand up here and tell you how great you are. But you know what I'm tired of seeing? I'm tired of seeing the enemy rob you. It'd be a whole lot easier for me to tell you what you want to hear. But here's the thing. I'm sick of seeing the enemy rob you of the life that Jesus came to give you. I'm sick of seeing the enemy take out the next generation with anxiety and depression. I'm sick of seeing the enemy rob you with bad habits and addictions. Robbing marriages of the flourishing love that God wants to give you in your marriage. I'm, let me tell you, I'm tired of seeing that. So I will talk to you about the things that you don't want to hear about. Because here's the deal. If you're not serious about stepping into everything that God has for you, then listen, I'm not talking to you. But if you are serious about stepping into everything that God has for you, if you're serious about stepping into the calling that God has on your life, to fulfill kingdom potential in your life, then sometimes the thing that you want to hear about the least is the thing that God wants to talk to you about the most. And I don't want you to miss it. So church, I want you to understand that I believe that God is going to speak clearly to you as we enter these 21 days of fasting and prayer. Because God wants to speak to you. Listen, listen. He wants to speak to you about whatever the situation is that you're walking through. He wants to speak to you about whatever disappointment it is that you're walking through. I want you to understand that you can walk into these 21 days of fasting and prayer believing that God is going to speak to you. And every morning at 6 o'clock for the next 21 days... We're going to have on our Facebook page, page a devotional to start you, your day off correctly. Scripture, stories from Scripture, 
taking it a little further to help you understand the importance of fasting and prayer and hearing the voice of God in your life. So here's the thing. Before I close today, I think there are a couple of things that, that are kind of takeaways. These, these, are, these are my challenges when it comes to this expert wilderness guy, Moses. These are the things I want to challenge you with. Here they are. Let me put them on the screen behind me. Watch out for burning bushes. And walk out God's word. Let me tell you, Crossroads, you need to look for those places that seem like common ground. But if you stop and you take a minute and you turn aside, you'll actually realize that's not common ground. That's holy ground. And here's what I would encourage you to do. When, when, when you have that burning bush moment, write it down. Keep a pad, keep some paper, keep a pen close to your Bible. And, and again, when you have that burning bush moment, just write it down. See, here's the thing that you may not know. When God sent the burning bush, it was Mount Horeb. And when he sent the Ten Commandments, it was Mount Sinai. But here's something you may not know. Those are actually the same place. So when God spoke to Moses in the burning bush, where did he go? The next time God wanted to speak to Moses, where did he take him? He took him to the same place place so sometimes it tells me that we need to return to the same place so when you have that burning bush moment from scripture when you have that burning bush moment from a song write it down declare it over your life declare it everywhere declare it over your house declare it over your children that worship song that talks about being forgiven, not being forsaken. That worship song, you know what it needs to be? It needs to be a part of your playlist. If I had a dollar right now for every time I listened to Is He Worthy This Week, I could take you all to lunch. Because that's how many times it wrecked my world last week. And I've heard that song before. But when you have that burning bush moment with a song, you need to make it part of your playlist. You know what God is also saying to some of you? You need to take one of those moments and you need to make it the wallpaper on your phone so that you see it every day. Watch out for those burning bush moments. The second thing is that we need to walk out what God has already spoken in His Word. You need to take off the headphones. Listen, listen. You need to take these off no matter how painful it may be. And when it comes to a decision between your will and His Word, you're going to do what the Word says every time. The Word will never fail you. You can build your life on it. Maybe there's something that God's been speaking to you, even this morning. That there is an area of your life that you know directly contradicts His Word. 
And this morning, God, by His Spirit, has been speaking to you that something needs to be done about that area. And let me just tell you something. If you ask God if there's an area of your life that's contradicting His Word, He's going to speak to you every time. He will speak to you every time. And He will let you know that. But remember, remember, look, look, look at me. His instruction is always for your protection. As you follow what His Word says, you're going to draw closer to Him. And the closer you draw to Him, the clearer His voice is going to be. Would you bow your heads this morning and let me pray? I want to pray two different prayers. The first prayer is for all of us. That we would step into the life that God has for us. That we would be everything that God has called us to be. And the second step is for some of you in this auditorium, some of you listening, watching online, who have never committed your life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe you did and you've kind of fallen away and you know it's not right where it should be and you need to get it right this morning. So let's just all close our eyes. Let's all bow our heads and let's pray. God, we thank you for this time that we can assemble together. That we, your people, can hear from your word and allow it to give us direction for our life. God, may we be the people that you've called us to be. May we step into the calling that you have. May we fulfill the kingdom purpose that you have for our lives. The second prayer is if you have never committed your life to Jesus Christ, or maybe you have and you've backslidden, you've fallen away. Today you want to recommit yourself to Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, as your Redeemer, as your friend, then would you just pray this prayer with me? Would you just say, Jesus, right now, in this place, in this time, I invite you into my heart, into my life, believing that you will do in my life what you have said you will do, that you will forgive me, that you will set me free from the bondage of sin. And that you will allow me to hear your voice because that's what I want. I, I want to hear your voice so I can follow you all the days of my life. And I will do that as best I can. Jesus, I love you. As I pray that prayer in Jesus' name, amen. And can I just say this to you this morning? I believe that God is on the verge and I believe these 21 days are going to be a catalyst for what God wants to do in your life and in the life of this church may we be the people that God has called us to be let's take the time during this next song and let's just worship God for everything that he is and everything that we're believing that he will do
leads to expectancy, but it also leads to clarity. 